Welcome to Life Planning 101, brought to you by Kennedy Financial Services of Eastland. Tune in every Monday morning at 8.30 on KATX and KWBY, and again on Saturday morning at 9 on KATX and KWBY, as Angela Robinson joins Terry Slavens to share important financial information to help you live life on purpose. Insurance, investments, estate and tax planning, and much more. All covered now on Life Planning 101. Very pleasant. Good Monday morning, everyone. Welcome in. Life Planning 101 right here on KETX. KWBY, Terry Slavens with you, joined as always by Angela Kennedy Robinson. Good morning, Angela. Good Monday morning here in the great town of Eastland, Texas, where it's finally seeing some sunshine and some green grass. And what is this stuff this year? I actually had to mow. Uh, fine. It, it wasn't grass that I was mowing. But. Yeah, no, it wasn't grass. We're, we're about a month late on everything, aren't we? So, um, but yes, we are blessed uh, to be in uh, this great state, in this great nation, and uh, enjoying this beautiful spring weather. So, I uh, welcome all of our listeners. We have a wonderful show planned out for today. You know, life planning, I always think, is wonderful, but that's just my my love labor, right? right. Uh, but in reality, uh, this is something I think is near and dear to everybody's hearts, and that's when it comes to leaving your legacy behind and who you want to leave that legacy behind, too. And I, I ran across this story. It was actually in The Guardian. They had a, a whole deal about the 10 strangest wills of all time, and uh, one of which was in the U.K., And this gentleman ended up leaving his wife a rose every day until she passed away. He had it delivered to her. Isn't that wonderful? Yes, that's awesome. Yeah, I think that's what what a what a wonderful thing, right? This was back in 1974. (laughs) Um, He actually did this, and I thought, you know, that's really great, and it's a great uh, segue into what we're going to talk about today because you know that old saying of. Um, the best laid plans, you know, often go array, right? Yes. And I, I don't know the whole saying, but I see that a lot with estate planning. A lot of people believe they have one thing. And then when you start dissecting their estate and you see, it's not what they think it it's is totally at all. Different. Yeah, it's absolutely not accurate. And an example of this, I want to share a story of something we ran across um, recently. So this lady, Donna, she came and she was wanting, she just redid her will. She had three kids and she said, okay, I want everything to go equally. Third, third, third. And we said, okay, all right. So, you know, when we start working with someone, we always ask for the will. We always ask for, you know, everything that they have asset wise, how it's titled. These are just standard analytics that we look at when we're looking at their planning. And when we got everything, we started dissecting it. She actually passed. And this was the mother of one of our clients. That's how we ended up working with her. And what we found out is that nothing matched what her wishes were. So again, her wishes were her three kids get a third, a third, a third, right? Well, her oldest son had passed right before her. Oh. Yes. And his third ended up only being 11% of her entire estate. And that went to his children, which was good. That, right. I, I believe that's what she would have wanted um, based on the one conversation we did have with her. Her daughter, who she wanted to have a third, ended up with 50% of her estate. Yeah. Like, how does that happen, right? Yeah. Her other son ended up with a little less than 30%. And then she had a niece that ended up with 10%. How in the world? How in the world? When she just had her will redone, right? Right. When we come back on Life Planning 101, you're going to find out. Not going to want to miss it. 
segment two, Life Planning 101. Angela's going to tell us how this came about with this will. Yes, but before I do, uh, going back to those uh, 10 strangest wills of all time that The Guardian put out, uh, there was another one, and in the spirit of what we're talking about today, uh, an anonymous donation came to clear the national debt. Wouldn't that be great in this country? I know. I know. I, just, I had to do that one this morning, right? Uh, so, you know, it brings a little little humor just yeah. to even think that would be possible. It was $350 million in today's money back in the day. This was back in 1928. The problem with the way that the will was written is it said it had to clear all of the debt. And it never has hit that point so in Great Britain today, there is still a bequest on the books for about $350 million, but the national debt's over a trillion. Right. So until they get that number down, they can't clear the debt with the remaining $350 million. How about them apples, right? <laughs> so was that really meant to be? Is that what the guy really wanted? And I guess no one will ever know. But that is the spirit of our show today in talking about, are you really doing what you're wanting you know that saying about throwing good money after bad? Right. Right. So when people do all this fancy estate planning and these, you know, big binders that they get, I kind of just cringe. And the reason I cringe is because I know they spent a lot of money. They probably spent, if they've got the big binder, probably close to five figures on it. And 90% of the time, it's not finished. Why is it not finished? Well, that takes us back to the story that we talked about before the break. And if you missed that, we talked about it, a woman that was wanting everything to go a third, a third, a third to her children. What actually happened was a niece getting 10%, one of her children getting 50%, one of her children getting less than 30%, and then her son, who was deceased, his children only getting 11%. So Why? Why? That's what we want to know. If the right? son had multiple children, then they got less than the niece got. That's exactly individually. right. That's exactly right. So, you know, how does this happen? And does, is that really what she wanted? And I don't think it was because she just updated her will, right? She just updated her will. And she thought this was all in place. She had her nice little binder, right? Right. Wrong. So <laughs> the problem with a will and people forget this all the time. They think, I've got to do my estate planning. And they put it on the docket to go to the attorney and get all that done. But what they forget is that your will is just a vacuum cleaner. It just vacuums up the bits and pieces that you don't take care of in your estate in other ways. So just like if you were vacuuming your house, if you don't move a piece of furniture, can you get anything underneath it? No. No, you can't. Well, it works the same way with your entire estate. So you have things called beneficiaries. You know this, right? You've named them. If you've had a retirement plan, if you had an annuity, if you have a, a, a life insurance policy, you've named a beneficiary. Well, it doesn't matter what your will says. It matters what that beneficiary says. So... If that beneficiary is named and it aligns with your will, great. If it doesn't, then guess what just happened? You just cut out somebody. You cut out somebody, didn't do something right, something's off. I've seen this before, too. I've seen where people did something with their IRA. They meant to do a third, a third, a third, but because they didn't change the wording right on the beneficiaries, they ended up giving one child more and one child less. Mm. And it's just because of the wording. You know, uh, this is another thing you can commonly see is 
you know, if you have beneficiaries and one like in this case, her son, her son passed, right? So in several states, I think, I think all of them, but Louisiana now, I'm not an attorney, so this is my disclosure. Uh, but um, I think it's all the, uh, Louisiana now. There is actually uh, state language that if a beneficiary is deceased, this is what will happen to that money. If there is nothing in the will that says what will happen to that money. The problem with if it's in the will is sometimes that's worse than the state's plan. Because imagine in the will that you had said, if a beneficiary dies, it should go to my children, right? My surviving children. Well, then you may have just disinherited your grandkids. Right. Is that what you really meant to do? And most no. of the time, that, that answer is a flat no. You know, with your children, it's one thing. Grandchildren, I don't see many disinheritances when it comes to that. So there's a lot of grace given to grandchildren. <laughs> I don't know if it's wisdom. I don't know if it's more time with God. I don't know what it is. But there's a lot of grace given to grandchildren. So it's really important for you to realize that, you know, what you put on those beneficiary forms is critical. It's critical. And it needs to align with your will. You know, um, we live in a, a world, and I I think it goes back. I actually I was having a conversation with someone about this um, last week, you know, about, you know, not telling all your professionals everything. And you think that by holding something back from them they don't need to know is the best thing for you to do. Why do you do that? Are you afraid they're going to sell you something? Are you afraid? What are you, what are you afraid of, right? right? And we need to really dive into that question and ask it because it's the worst thing that you can do. It's like me trying to do surgery on someone and I don't know what anything is going on on the other side of the body. Right. Does, does that make any sense, no. right? No, you've got to know what the whole picture looks like in order to give good advice. That's what has to happen. And attorneys, and, and I, you know, and I've talked about this before on the show, we have what we call user-friendly attorneys and then not-so-user-friendly attorneys. But then there's also specialty attorneys. There's surgeons. And then there's general practitioners. And there's family attorneys. There's all different kinds of attorneys. There's thousands of kinds of attorneys, okay? I saw an attorney, uh, with an attorney last week, and her hourly rate was somewhere in the neighborhood of two grand an hour just because of the specialty that she did, right? Right. Okay, so this happens. The problem is, is that you know an attorney in town. I'll just go to them to do my will. They do you a favor. They don't do it every day. Well, what if they don't do it every day? Are they act, do I actually think about how all the beneficiaries line up to the will? Is that being looked at? Did your attorney look at your beneficiaries? Do they know what's going on on the other side? And it's probably not intentional. It's just no. that they're not up to speed. It's, it's exactly right. You know, and there, I, if you look at almost any article out there, it'll tell you you need to be working with your team of professionals on your estate plan. Why is that? Your team of professionals. Who is your team of professionals? Which should be your insurance agent, your advisor, your tax professional, your attorney. And then are you going to be quarterbacking that? That's my question. <laughs> Do you know the right questions to ask or which one of those professionals does know the right questions to ask in that other area? Right. You know, that's an extremely critical piece of this, too. So it can become a quick mess, a big hot mess quick. Right. And um, the other piece is so we talked about beneficiaries. That's one thing. What about? Oh. Well, okay, let's stop there because let's come back because beneficiaries, this is critical. They're often titled wrong. So if they're titled wrong, what happens? Well, it depends. So if it's an IRA, it's going to go back to the estate, the probate estate, 
Well, now you've just precluded your IRA to having to be liquidated within a five-year period. Ouch! Especially if that's sizable, that could create a ton of taxation. Absolutely. Right? So that's painful. If it's your 401k, I hope you love your spouse because usually they'll go straight to the spouse. (laughs) If they're no longer living, again, it goes back to that probate estate, which is really important. Life insurance proceeds. This is a big thing in the state of Texas. So little known fact, life insurance proceeds in the state of Texas are asset protected. Did you know that? No. They're asset protected if you keep them separate property. So if they're payable to your estate, what have you just done? Not You unprotected them. Yeah, you unprotected them. So why would you want to do that? Right? Why would you want to do that? So your beneficiary designations are critical. They're absolutely critical. And they can't just be looked at by your attorney. They can't just be looked at by your investment guy. They've got to be looked at holistically to make sure that everything's set up the way that you want it to be set up so you get the most asset protection, the most tax protection, and what you want for your children and your grandchildren. Right? Right. So let's flip the coin now. Titling of assets. Okay, what the heck does that mean? All right? That's how you title something. A piece of property you might title as you and your spouse as co-owners, right, in the state of Texas. If you go and open a bank account, you're going to pick a titling. And you remember, you may remember that little application. Is it an individual account? Is it a J-T-W-R-O-S? What the heck is that? Is it a J-T-I-C? What is that? You know, you're, you're having, you may have to ask the person a question. What do I do? But if you're a husband and wife, you usually pick joint with rights of survivorship, right? And so what that means is when one of you passes away, the money in the account automatically goes to the survivor of the account. Well, if you're a husband and wife, it's really not that big a deal. That's probably what you wanted in most cases. But what happens when your spouse dies and now you put that daughter on the account with you? And it's joint with right of survivorship. So the lady in our story, how did the daughter end up with 50% of the estate? Between the beneficiary designations being off and joint with rights of survivorship, that's how she ended up with 50% of the state. And a lot of people will tell me they can just gift that. They can just take care of the other sibling. And they may be the best person in the world. But let's just assume that they have their own creditor problems. They're under lawsuit. Or they've got their own tax problems and they can't gift gift the money. Now what? What if... All of a sudden, the surviving sibling is having you locked themselves in their house and gone on a drinking binge. What is the sibling to do then? You're leaving a lot on that sibling, right? So is that really what you wanted? <laughs> is that really what you Not wanted? Not at all what I wanted. No, no. And I don't think this lady did either. You know, when she was setting all of this up, that was not her intention at all. And of course, the daughter had no idea. So she just assumed mom wanted me to have more. Right? I don't know. When we come back, there's going to be more about are you really leaving behind what you think you're leaving behind on Life Planning 101. And welcome back, Life Planning 101. Final segment, Angela? Yes. So we are talking about your assets. Are they really going where you want them to go when you pass away? And if you've missed any part of the show, I would highly recommend go back and listen. Um, There's some really good information in here. And I want to uh, share another one of these strange inheritance stories off of uh, The Guardian. And um, this one was talking about 
uh, this will and testament left behind some money for his wife in 1856 on one condition that she would remarry. And it was actually written in the will that this way there will be at least one man to regret my death. (laughs) Ouch, right? I mean, that would hurt. But this is the interesting thing about the story. So if that happened today and there was no other provision and she didn't have any children, then she could actually disclaim the gift and then she'd get the money anyway. How about them apples, right? So why do I bring that up? Because a lot of times when we think we're setting up something, we have to think further than what we actually want to see if it would actually play out that way. We call it devil's advocate, right? A lot of times, and, and, and we do this with families, we walk through, you know, what if someone passes away? What happens to that money? And you don't think about this a lot, but you should. You know, you think about if you were to get remarried later in life and you commingle your assets with that new spouse, and now you've included all of that new spouse's children in the inheritance that you and your first spouse built. Right. Is that going to be okay? Or what if you die? Things aren't set up properly. Everything goes to your new spouse. And then your children are completely disinherited. Ouch. Right? Yes. And then think about these same questions for your children. Because this is where the rubber meets the road. Remember we talked about those grandchildren? How important they are? All right. They're really important. So why would you ever want to just leave money outright to your child for that same thing to happen? In other words, suppose that they passed away and you may love your daughter-in-law, son-in-law to death, but they remarry. They pass away. And you just left it to a total stranger. Exactly. Exactly. These things happen. They really happen. We're actually going through something right now. It's making my stomach churn because it was a gentleman that we started working with. And what was most important with him is when we dealt with it was estate taxes. He had a high, high illiquidity problem and massive um, business, but no, no liquidity. So we helped him figure out how to get everything out of his estate, get the estate taxes down. Goal accomplished. What we didn't ever get back to doing before he had a sudden death, it was not expected, was his basic estate planning, meaning the terms in which things would pass, how they would pass, when they would pass. Well, they're at risk right now to go to his ex-wife. Yeah, that's ugly. And that was never the intention. I promise you that. (laughs) Um, And it's making my stomach churn that we never got to that part of the planning. Now, obviously, there's a great big God and there might be a reason for all of this, right? But the reality is, is if we don't think past what's right in front of us, then things may end up happening that we never wanted to happen. So it's critical that you actually sit down and dissect the what ifs inside of that estate plan. 
And we have what we call our legacy planning process that we walk people through. We go through this infrastructure, devil's advocate conversations, map everything out the way we want it, look at everything the way it is, figure out what needs to be titled where and why. And then we're, we're working with all those professionals, you know, the attorney, the, the accountant, um, if there's other investment advisors or, or insurance. insurance or whatever. And we're looking at all of that because if you don't, you could end up just like the lady we told you the story about. Your wishes are for things to go a third, a third, a third to your children. But what actually happens is a far cry from that. Now, the one thing we missed in that story is how did the niece end up with 10%? Yeah. How did that happen? Well, do you remember that little putting someone on a bank account thing? Hmm. The niece was helping her. She was... Not in just great health. The niece was living with her, helping with her. That was their arrangement out of the deal. She didn't ever want her to get 10% of her estate, but she put her on her account for convenience, so quote she unquote. Write a check. That's and, right. Yeah. Now, do you think that niece is generous enough to just hand back over that 10% to. <laughs> Aunts and uncles? Probably not. Or, yeah, probably <laughs> our cousins? Probably not, right? So, you know, and, and did she even know, right? So here's the reality is that you really, really need, before you change any titling, any beneficiaries, any anything, you need someone looking at that and helping you explain it. When it comes to beneficiary designations and it comes to advanced designations, we make sure the attorney gives us verbiage. We won't even touch it. Hmm. So what's that tell you? It's important. It's extremely important how things are titled in the exact way that they're titled. So here's what we're doing this month, because I think this is one of the most critical pieces of life planning. And why is it? Because we're always interested in the legacy that we leave behind to maybe not our kids, but our grandkids. Right. right. And so, you know, what we're going to be doing this month is we're going to have a free beneficiary review. And we're willing to look at your beneficiaries and look at your will. And if you say this is what my wishes are. And we'll tell you, looks like a match, doesn't look like a match, looks like you might need to get some more direction on it. But we're doing that for this month and this month only, which is the month of March, okay? So if you want that done, make sure you go to our website, www.kennedy-financial.com. There is a contact us box, and you can just put in the message, beneficiary review, and we will reach out to you and tell you how you can get the documents uploaded so we can start looking at those things. Because this is critical. This is something I think everybody needs to be doing. And it doesn't really matter what age you are. It doesn't matter, you know, if, and, and I've seen this, I've seen this several times, young people, that they forget to take their parents off of their beneficiary titles when they're married. Mm. Yeah, because they set up their work 401k that way. Or they set up life insurance that way. Ouch, right? Or what about a divorce? Yes. Okay, did you get everything changed the way that you wanted it to be changed? Are you sure? <laughs> you know, these are important things. Might make the new spouse a little upset. I could be wrong, um, but that could happen. So, you know, if you've been through a life event, don't, you know, it, it's important to consider these same things. Don't just think just because you had it reviewed 20 years ago, it's okay. In fact, uh, we're working on developing a piece of software for life planning. And it's, you know, to help people manage their life plan. And it said, so how often should that will be reviewed? And we put on there every five years minimum. So that's going to turn red, meaning you need to pay attention to this and review everything every five years at minimum. 
So take a look at the last time you've done this. If it's been a while, it's time to get a refresh on this. It's too important. You know, and I just go back to uh, one thing that Warren Buffett, I know, you know, Warren Buffett, of course, is the greatest investor of all time, allegedly. But one other thing he says is he says risk comes from not knowing what you're doing. Okay. well, estate planning, legal zoom, you don't know what you're doing. Don't do it. Get some help. It's too important. I mean, this is your family you're talking about. It's your last it's your last stand on this earth to say I love you to someone else. So if you think about, you know, that. Do you really want to risk leaving them a mess and leaving them not what you wanted them to have? So think about it. Make sure you contact us and get that free beneficiary review in March. My name is Angela Robinson with Kennedy Financial Services here in the great town of Eastland, Texas. God bless everyone. Have a great week. And we will hope to have you again on Life Planning 101 next week. Thank you for joining us for Life Planning 101, brought to you by Kennedy Financial Services of Eastland. Tune in every Monday morning at 8.30 on KATX and KWBY, and again on Saturday morning at 9 o'clock on KATX and KWBY for more Life Planning 101. Advisory services offered through Smart Money Group, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Securities offered through Calton & Associates, Incorporated, member FINRA, SIPC. Kennedy Financial Services, Incorporated is an independent of Calton & Associates, Incorporated, and Smart Money Group, LLC.